friends, I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us as we're going to begin this brand new teaching series called God on Film, where we're going to talk about movies that have come out this summer or are coming out this summer, and we're going to be taking a look at ideas, quotes, questions that we might find in these movies where God might be speaking about those questions or ideas or thoughts from his word. And we're going we're gonna to really get into and have a good time as we do this series throughout this summer. But this morning, we're going to begin with a teaching coming from the movie Sound of Freedom called Free People Sing. And it's going to be a great day. Before we do anything, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you that God will bless you and that God will help you come to a place where you have a song in your heart because you've been freed. You've been freed by Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for seeking us. Thank you for coming and finding us. Thank you for bringing to us a message of freedom and bringing into our hearts a song of freedom. God, I know that that you just want to find each and every one of us. That, God, you have something in this teaching today. That you have something that you want to say, that you want to, you want to connect with us and with our hearts. God, I pray that today as we go through this teaching, we would hear from you. And that, God, if there is anyone, anyone who has come to this teaching today and has has not yet let you find them, I pray that you would use this teaching to open hearts, to open minds, to taking a hold of the freedom you offer in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, again, I want to I want to dive into this series, God on Film, where again, we're taking movies, looking at ideas, thoughts, maybe quotes, and looking for what does God have to say? How does God speak into the issues being dealt with in the movies that are out there? I do want to make sure that I, I sort of give a disclaimer that not every movie we talk about in this series is a movie we endorse or a movie we want to encourage you to go see. Uh, we're simply looking at movies. And movies will say a lot about the culture we live in. It will tell us what are some of the thoughts that the culture is having? What are some of the issues our culture is dealing with? What are some of the questions that people are asking? And often we can sort of get sort of a pulse on our culture by the movies that we're watching. And so we're going to be asking, what's God saying? How is God speaking? And, and what God, what might God say about this idea, thought, quote or 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 message that's coming out in that movie well today i want to dive into sound of freedom now, sound of freedom is a movie i would encourage you to go see i would make sure that you know use your discretion when it comes to children going with you to see it because it is a tough movie I would encourage you, though, if you can, go see it because there's an important message there. There's an important uh, thought there. there. There's an important thing that this movie is doing to help people open their eyes to some of what's going on out there when it comes to the children in our world. Now, if you've seen any of the advertisements for uh, Sound of Freedom, you know that it's the story of a man named Tim Ballard who was a uh, he was a homeland security agent and his job was to arrest pedophiles his job was to arrest people uh dealing in in sex trafficking and dealing in uh, uh child pornography an ugly subject well tim ballard at one point realizes that he's arrested a lot of people but he has yet to save any children so in the movie, we see him go on this journey to find and rescue some children who have been a part of a sex trafficking ring. 
And, and, and of the children who are slaves being freed, uh, there's something that we find them doing throughout the movie. Now, I don't want to give away any spoilers when it comes to this movie, but the story, I think, is out there. Everybody knows what this movie is going to be about. Uh, is about the rescuing and saving of children. But there was something I noticed as you go through the movie. I noticed that the movie begins, the very first scene, with a child singing. And the movie ends, the very last scene, with a child singing. And that's where I want to go this morning. Free people sing. The freed children in the movie, they, they sang. Uh, the, the freed slaves in America, after they were freed, they, they sang. And a lot of the songs that we sing in churches are the songs of freedom that came out of that era. And when the uh, American revolutionary war was over and America was free. What did Americans do? Well, they started singing and writing songs about their freedom. You see, free people sing. Free people sing with joy in their hearts and free people cry out with joy. And, and the movie is a movie about freed children who, who sing. It's a story of children who were redeemed, children who were sought, children who were freed, children who were taken care of after they were freed. And, and what I want to do is I want to talk about how God looks to us and he does the very same thing that Tim Ballard did for those children. You see, that's the story of redemption, but there's another story of redemption. There's another story about being freed from slavery. It's the story of how God wants to free each and every one of us from our slavery. Each and every one of us, he wants to free from slavery. Now, those children were slaves in, in a sex trafficking ring. And the truth is, all of us have been, or maybe even are, slaves in a spiritual kind of slavery, a slavery to what the Bible says is a slavery of, of sin and death, a slavery that that doesn't just have earthly consequences as horrible as child slavery is. It eventually ends. But spiritual slavery goes on into eternity. And God wants to free each and every one of us from a worse kind of slavery, a, a slavery to sin and to death. And just like the man, Tim Ballard, he would, he would, uh, he would save children. He would decide he wanted to do something about it. Just like that, God would decide he wants to do something about our slavery. And, and God would come into our world. He would, he would give his own life and make sacrifices. He would, he, he, would, he would go as far as possible and pay the greatest price possible in order to give us the chance to be freed from a spiritual slavery. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23, it says this, God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved to the world. He paid the highest price possible. He gave his very own life. He suffered and he died on a cross uh, so that anyone and everyone who would believe in him would have eternal life. And when we believe in him, he gives us his grace and he makes us want to sing about it. We want to sing a song. We want to praise him because of what he's done. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 11, it says this, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Sing and spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. And that name is the name Jesus be filled with joy and sing. There's something about a person when they're freed. Uh, there's something about a, a person when they've come to a place where they can know freedom that, that they want to sing. And the freedom Jesus brings us, it makes us want to sing. 
And I want to talk about today some of the reasons that we would want to sing because of what Jesus has done for us. And the first reason I want to share with you is this. We want to sing because Jesus has come to abolish my spiritual slavery. I want to sing because Jesus has come to abolish. He's come to destroy. He's come to to put an end to my spiritual slavery. You see, before we can talk about being rescued, we have to talk about what it is we're being rescued from. And we all have to understand that, that every one of us needs to be rescued. You know, it's one thing to be someone who's been made a slave, who knows they're a slave, And it's almost maybe even more tragic when someone doesn't even know that they've been made a slave. When someone doesn't even acknowledge the idea that they're a slave. They live their whole life in in bondage and slavery and never know that there was another option. God will tell us that we need to come to a point in our lives where we acknowledge or understand or realize that we are spiritually enslaved. In John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. He wants us to know that we've been enslaved by the world around us. We've been enslaved by the, the sin in our life. We've been enslaved by sin and death, and we've been enslaved. In Romans chapter 7, verse 25, the Apostle Paul says, Because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And whatever that that sin is that draws you. And the truth is, I think all of us have a, a nature, a natural draw towards some sin in our life. Whether that sin is drastic, it might be a, a sexual sin, it might be an anger sin, it might be an abuse sin, uh, or that sin is more subtle. It might be a It might be a draw to gossip. It might be a draw to lie. It might be a draw to steal. It might be a draw. Whatever it is, it's a sin that has caused us to be enslaved to it. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, Everyone has sinned. There's no one without exception. I've sinned. You've sinned. Everyone else joining us here online has sinned. Everyone who comes to Vernonia Church in person has sinned. Everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard for our lives. Whether that sin was a sin of commission where we did something we knew we shouldn't, or it was a sin of omission where we didn't do something we knew we should. Uh, Whether it was... We were bitter and unforgiving, whether it was we neglected to do the good that God wanted us to do. Whatever it was, it was a sin, and and it has caused us to be enslaved. Jesus said anyone who sins is enslaved by it. And the Apostle Paul will teach us that that sin comes with a price. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, he says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, wage, when he says it's, when he says the the wages of sin is death. Usually when we think of a wage, we think of something we've earned. We think of a paycheck. We think of something we deserve. And sometimes I hear people say, oh, I wish God would just give me what I deserve. Well, no, you don't. You don't want what you deserve because we've all sinned. We've all been enslaved in sin. And, and because we've been enslaved in sin, the result, the wage, what we've actually earned Well, it's death. And so we become enslaved to death. But Paul says, thanks be to God, because the gift of God, not a wage, but a gift, not what you earned, but what God wants to give, what he wants to do is give us eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so there's good news there. There's something to sing about there. That, that he comes to abolish our slavery. Like Tim Ballard who went on this journey to seek children to free them from their slavery. God comes into our world to seek us and to, and to abolish our slavery. To defeat 
to defeat the bad guy, to defeat the bad guy of sin and death, to defeat the bad guy of Satan, to defeat everything that has its grip on us. He has come to destroy it. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 25, Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. How do I come to freedom? I come to Jesus Christ. I believe in and receive him in my life. He frees me from the darkness. He forgives my darkness. He, he, he brings me to the light. And then he says, I want to take you out of this darkness and, and I, want to, I want to make you a light in this dark world. You know, at one point, Tim Ballard finds himself a companion with an unlikely person. And they're having a conversation about why this unlikely person wants to help save children. And this unlikely person talks about how he had inadvertently found himself being a part of the problem he's now trying to, to fix. And, and at one point, he says that, he could see in, in the child's eyes that this child was only seeing darkness. And he had a moment where he realized, I am the darkness. And sometimes I think we need to get to a point where we realize that, that we've all sinned. We look at this broken world with broken things in it, whether it's children being abused or whether it's a broken world where where people are hurting one another, relationships are breaking, where sin and death and brokenness happen. And we look at the world as if we're outside of the world, looking at it and, and as if we're not part of the problem. But I think there needs to come a time in each of our lives where we realize, I too am part of the darkness. I'm a slave to sin. I've been enslaved to sin. I've been a part of the darkness. And, and once we realize we've been a part of the darkness, once we realize that, that because of our sin, we brought darkness into our family, because of our sin, we brought darkness into our relationships, because of our sin, we brought darkness into the community we live in. Because of our sin, we've been a part of the darkness and we need to be freed. We need to be freed and rescued. We need to, well, we need to let, let Jesus abolish our slavery to the darkness so that he can bring us to his light. And that's where we come to those words that Paul said, thanks be to God. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to pull you from your darkness, from your slavery to the darkness, and he wants to bring his light into your life and make you a light. Make you a light in your family. Make you a light in your relationships. Make you a light in your community. And so we sing. We sing because we're now in the light. We sing because we, we now are no longer slaves. And the second reason we, we sing is because Jesus comes not only to abolish my slavery, but he comes to buy my freedom. He comes to find those who are lost in the dark, those who have been captured, those who have been enslaved. You know, the story Sound of Freedom is the story of a man, like we said, Tim Ballard, who goes on this very dangerous journey. He sees that these kids are in a place without hope, without help, and that the only way that he can really help them is to enter into a very dark world. And to enter into a very dangerous world. He will make sacrifices. He will, he will enter that world at the cost of danger to himself and his well-being. And he will enter into that world so he can save those kids. And the story of Jesus Christ is like that. The story of Jesus Christ is the story of God seeing a dark world, a broken world, and the only way that he can help this helpless world is to enter into it himself, to become one of us, 
to to become one of us and to seek us and to become one of us and to make a great sacrifice for us in order to purchase our freedom and rescue us. You know, in the book of Ezekiel, God says he's going to do something. Here's what he says in Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 11 and 16. He says this, for this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for and find my sheep. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. And then in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said that's exactly what he came to do. He says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, Jesus came in his earthly ministry. He came through miracles, a miraculous birth. He, he came and performed miracles, all kinds of things, demonstrating power over things only God could demonstrate power over. Things like illnesses, sicknesses, uh, uh, demons, demon possession. He would demonstrate power over nature, telling wind and waves what to do. I mean, he demonstrated amazing power so that he could seek those who were lost and get their attention and and let them know that that then he taught he taught us what god thinks he taught us the will of god he taught us the love of god the compassion of god the salvation plan of god he taught us that he was god come in person to seek and save lost people and jesus made sure that that earthly ministry was written down so that through his scriptures, through his word, you and I could hear about it today so that he could continue seeking and saving lost people. He made sure that word spread all over the world. He made sure that word stayed accurate. He made sure that word uh, continues to spread even today so that we could hear about it, so that he could seek and save the lost. Jesus, by his ministry, was seeking to save lost people. And then Jesus continued to seek and save lost people with his crucifixion. When Jesus was raised up on that cross, he paid this great price. He paid the price of his life so that all those who were enslaved by sin and death, so that all of those who were enslaved to an eternity of death could be freed. So that he could pay the price for my sin and your sin so that he could forgive us. You see, the way Jesus did that is during his earthly ministry and during his earthly life, he lived a sinless life. He lived a life that was so good that when he died, he could share that goodness with us and he could take on himself the badness, the bondage, and the slavery that we deserved. He did that so that he could pay this amazing price, so that he could seek us out. Any who would, any who would want to, could take a hold of the salvation and the forgiveness that he offered there. In the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul will say this in chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. For Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul will teach us about God, saying this, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, the Apostle Peter says this, that Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. And he did all that so that he could rescue us from our spiritual slavery, so that he could purchase us out of our spiritual bondage. And a question I want to ask you is this. 
Have you let him find you? He's made sure that his crucifixion has been told throughout the ages, through his word, through his church, by sharing with all the world that, that and all who will listen, that he has died on a cross, that he went up on a cross, spread his arms open wide to say, this is how much I love you. This is how much I care for you. And he's calling all who will to let him find you and let him purchase you out of your slavery. Has he found you? And if he found you, does that make you want to sing? He searches. He searched with his ministry for all who would hear and listen. He searched with his crucifixion for all who would hear and listen. And by the way, he also searches with his resurrection. You see, Jesus rose from the dead three days later after having been crucified. He rose three days later to let us know that Jesus wasn't some religious martyr to feel bad for and sad for. No, that Jesus now is a resurrected living Lord. He's a resurrected living Lord who came to rescue us and pay the price for our slavery and, and to abolish our slavery from sin and death. And then he died and he rose again, showing us that death doesn't even have power over him. He told us that I will rescue you from death. And then he showed us that he can do it. And he says, listen, come to me and I will free you. Come to me like a little child who's been sold into slavery and rescued. Come to me. And know the rescue I give. A rescue that, well, it's not just a temporary rescue. It's an eternal one. And that makes us want to sing. So we, we sing because he comes to abolish our slavery, spiritual slavery. We, we sing because he buys our freedom. And, and number three is this. We sing because Jesus offers us a road, a path to that freedom. He, he offers us a road to freedom. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in upstate New York in the city of Rochester. I think I've mentioned that a time or two. And one of the things that I heard a lot about growing up in school was, was a pathway to freedom called the Underground Railroad. We learned a lot about it because the area we lived in actually had a lot to do with it. There, there were a lot of parts of the Underground Railroad there and a lot of important people uh, were in upstate New York and are even buried in upstate New York now who were a part of the Underground Railroad. People like Harriet Tubman who helped rescue slaves from the South. And during, during the time around the Civil War, she helped, she helped slaves uh, find pathways and find roads and find secret homes of people who would help and find uh, secret hidden spaces where, where slaves could hide on their way north to find freedom. Uh, people like Frederick Douglass, who were also uh, instrumental in the in, in the Underground Railroad. Uh, Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass are buried in upstate New York. I remember taking I remember taking trips in in school as a kid, uh, where we would go to uh, visit their graves and we would hear their stories, uh, stories of the Underground Railroad. And, and here's the thing: the Underground Railroad worked for those who took that path. It worked for those who trusted in the likes of Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass. It worked for those who listened to them and followed the secret paths and, and followed, the, uh, followed the, the way that they offered. They trusted in them and they followed them. And, and, and it works the same way when Jesus shows us the path to freedom. Now, he doesn't show us a secret path. In fact, he, he's done just the opposite. Uh, he wants this path to be made known. He wants everyone to know this path because he wants everyone to take this path. But the only ones who, who are actually freed are the ones who trust him, the ones who take it, the ones who let him lead them to this freedom. 
You see, Jesus has already done everything required for us to be freed. But he won't force that freedom on us. Instead, what he does is he offers that freedom to us and he shows us the steps we need to take to take a hold of it. Here at Vernonia Church, we call those steps our first next steps. And I just want to share with you those first next steps. Uh, I'm going to share with you five basic first next steps. He says, this is the path uh, to freedom. And here they are. The first step is this. He wants us to take the first step of believing in him. He wants us to believe in him and trust him. And, and, and we could call this next step the step of faith. He wants us to have faith in him, faith that that he was God in the flesh, faith that he came and, and he died on a cross to save us from our sins, faith that if we believe in him and trust in him, he will forgive us our sins and that he will free us from our slavery to sin and death. In John chapter 3, 16, which is uh, verse 16, which is probably one of the, the most well-known scriptures in all the Bible, it says this, For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. He wants us to take that first step of belief. And then we follow that first step of belief up with a decision to do something that's a natural next step to faith. He wants us to take the first step of turning to God. To turn away from that life of sin, to turn away from that life of bondage, that life of slavery to the world and the sins of our life, and turn to God. The Bible will use a word that that simply means turn to God. And that word is the word repent. When you hear that word repent, it simply means to turn around, to turn away from a life of slavery, a, a life of bondage to sin, and to turn to God, uh, to turn away from those things that are pulling you away from God, that are hurting you in your life, to turn away from them and to turn to God and say, God, you are my Lord. God, I want to follow you. Not only do I believe in you and have faith in you, but I want to turn to you in my life in every way. And so he wants us to take that first next step of turning to God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Apostle Peter has been preaching the gospel to people, the good news about Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, the good news about Jesus being the Savior who wants to free us from sin and death. And the people believe. They, in belief, ask an important question. They say, what do I do? What do we do now that we believe? And Peter answers that question by saying, repent. He says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Jesus wants us to take that next step of turning to God. And maybe you have something in your life that Jesus is saying, repent and turn to me. Now's the time. Now's the time to repent and turn to him. Stop living in that darkness and come into his light and let his light shine in your life. And when we've believed and when we've repented, we take another next step. And, and, and that, that next step, that, that, that next first step is this, that Jesus wants us to take the first next step of confessing our faith. He wants us to tell somebody. He wants us to sing about it. Uh, sing like, uh, like someone confessing <laughs> to a crime. Sing like someone confessing to something that, that's so important to them. Like someone giving a testimony. Sing. Tell somebody that you believe in Jesus, that you have faith in Jesus, that Jesus has become your savior, your rescuer, that Jesus has saved you from your slavery to sin and death, and that Jesus has given you hope of eternal life. He wants you to confess it. 
Maybe to tell your church body. Maybe to tell your pastor. He wants you to confess it. Maybe tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell somebody. Confess your faith. Here's what Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter chapter 10, verse 9. He says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And when it comes to talking about the path that Jesus wants to go wants us to go on the, the way that the, the way that we can know that path is we look into the scriptures we look at where does Jesus teach where do his apostles teach where does the bible teach us do this take this step and you will be saved where does it use language like that and that's how we find these steps and so we believe because we're told hey Anyone who believes will be saved. And we repent because Peter says, repent, every one of you, repent of your sins and you'll be saved. And we confess because he says, every one of you who confesses your faith and believes in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And then we want to take what I call the last of the first next steps. And it's this, that Jesus wants us to take the first step of immersion. Now, I use the word immersion because it means to be immersed in water, to be dunked in water. Uh, Christian immersion is where I, I let somebody take me and put me down in the water in the name of Jesus, where I'm saying to Jesus, I'm I'm giving my life to you. Uh, the Bible word that for immersion is the word baptism that when translated is actually means immersion and Christian baptism is where I say to God, God, I'm all in. I'm giving you my life. I'm, I'm, I'm repenting and turning to you, God. And, and I'm confessing visibly with this baptism and, and I'm, I'm, I'm completely all in and I'm doing it because I believe That's what baptism is about. On the surface, baptism becomes this visible confession. And behind the scenes, I think there's more spiritual meaning to baptism that's happening. I think there's a whole lot. We're not going to talk about it all here today. But one that the Bible will teach us is this, that when we're baptized, it's a picture of a death, a burial, and resurrection. Someone lays us down in the water and we die to ourselves and we take a hold of what Jesus has to give and we come up out of the water after we've been buried in that water and we come up out of that water as a picture of new life and God says to us and he says to all of us hey part of this part of this path is immersion is baptism in Acts chapter 2 38 after Peter told those believers to repent he continues and says this and be baptized In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so God wants us to go through this process. To go down this path. To make our first steps in faith. Each one of these steps is a step of faith. It's a step where we're saying, God, I'm just trusting in you. I'm taking the next step to say, I'm trusting in you. Because you've given me a path to freedom. But there's one more step. And this step is a longer step. Because those first steps, we don't just go through those first steps and and then walk away from God. No. The next step is this. He wants us to take the step of living the Christian life for the rest of our life. He wants us to continue following him as he leads us down this path to not only to freedom, but this path to being a light in a dark world. You know, at one time we were part of the darkness, but now we come to Christ and we become a light to the world to shine the light of Jesus into this world. He wants us to continually walk down this path of of walking in the Christian life. He wants us to lead a better life. He wants us to, to clean up. 
up and to continue to repent, continue to grow in Christ, in our understanding of God and, and in our faithfulness. He wants us to continue taking big steps of faith as we trust in him. He wants us to continue to learn to be holy like he is holy. He wants us to learn to love like he loves. He wants us to learn to be gracious like he's gracious and to follow him and to let his teaching fill us up. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Apostle Paul says this, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Why? Well, because you've been freed and free people sing. And this road of freedom that he offers you, he, he offers it to me, he offers it to you, he offers it to anyone who follow. How about you? Have you followed him? Have you taken those steps? Have you taken the steps on this path to freedom? Now, Jesus has given me my job. He's given all those who already believe their job. He's given the church its job. He's given me as a pastor my job. We find that job in Acts chapter 28, where Jesus says, Go make disciples of all nations baptizing them. I think he told us to baptize them because, well, it's the last of the first next steps. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And while you do that, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be with you on this path to freedom. And so I just want to do my job. And I just want to help you make your decisions. Are you here today and you haven't made a first-time decision to believe in Jesus? I want to really encourage you to do that. Today, right now, don't hesitate. You know, one of the quotes from, from Sound of Freedom that really stood out to me was while, while Tim Ballard was talking with that unlikely helper, that unlikely helper said, when God tells you to do something, you don't hesitate. You know, God is telling you, maybe God is calling you, he's putting it on your heart to make a first time decision to believe in him. It is a decision we have to make. It doesn't just happen to you. No one else is going to do it for you. We make a decision. I'm a believer. We make a decision. I have faith and I'm going to have faith. I want to encourage you. Make that decision today. Don't hesitate. Maybe you've made that decision and you find yourself in a place where you need to repent. There's sins that have been a part of your life. There's, there's sin that you need to repent of and turn to God. And I want to encourage you begin that process. Now that process, it's an ongoing process. We're all going through it. All the rest of my life, I'm going to be repenting and trying to turn my life and bring my life closer in alignment with the path God has for me. But you need to start. You need to start somewhere. What is it you need to repent of? If you're ready to repent of sin and turn to God, decide today you're going to repent. And, and, and if you've, believe and you've repented, I want to encourage you. It's time to confess. It's time to confess your faith to somebody. Maybe you confess by going to the link that goes with our message and our teaching here today. And there's a connection card link. And on that connection card is a place to say, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe that's the way you confess today. Or maybe you confess to your pastor at, at the church you go to. Or maybe you confess to somebody. But make a confession. I believe and I'm confessing Christ today. And if you have made a decision to believe, you've decided to start repenting and turn to God, and you've confessed your faith, it's time to get baptized. If you've never been baptized, 
I want to encourage you. It's time. It's time to get immersed into Christ. To fully immerse yourself in water as a symbol of saying, I'm fully immersing myself in Jesus so I can go on this path to freedom that he offers me. So I could say goodbye to my slavery and the slavery of that old life that I'm putting in that water. So I can come up out of that water to live a new life the way the Bible teaches me I can. Get baptized. If you haven't been baptized, I would love to try to help you with that. If you're in a place where you're local, I'd love to baptize you. I'd love to take you to the river and baptize you or baptize you here at church in our, in our, uh, in our baptistry that we use here at church. But make a decision. Let us know on your connection card link that you want to get baptized. and We'll reach out. We'll help you do just that. And maybe for you, you did all that, but it's been a while. It's been a while since you've been walking with Jesus. It's been a while because, well, you turned, you turned back to that life of slavery that, that you once lived. I want to encourage you. Maybe your next decision, your decision today, your next step is to say, you know what? I'm going to rededicate my life and my heart. To Jesus. I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess my faith again. I'm going to, I'm going to confess that Jesus is my Lord again, and I'm going, to, I'm going to follow him. You know, the Bible shares with us that if we, want to, if we want to return to him after we've sinned and, and after we've, we've gone back to our slavery to sin, so to speak, in, John, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want to encourage you, make that decision today. Return to him. And regardless of the decision you're making, I want to encourage all of us to make a decision to continue to live for Jesus and walk this path called the Christian life, this path to freedom. And as you do, sing. Sing because you've been freed. Sing because you have a Savior who has abolished your slavery. Sing because he has bought your freedom. Sing because he offers us a road to freedom. Now I have one last thought, one last reason we sing, and it's this. We sing because Jesus' children are not for sale. We sing because when Jesus buys us, we're not for sale again. At one point in the movie of Sound of Freedom, Tim Ballard looks into the face of, of one of the pedophiles that he captures and arrests, and he quotes a verse from the book of Matthew, the words of Jesus, when Jesus said, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's from Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. And the man asked him, well, what does that mean? Right before he's arrested. And throughout the movie, there's this theme that continually crops up. This theme that God's children are not for sale. And it is true. God's children aren't for sale. Once he has bought you and paid the price for you with his blood, he offers you his freedom. You don't have to ever go back to slavery again. You've been redeemed. You've been freed. You've been paid for. You've been forgiven. He has bought you. He has sealed you. He has claimed you. And he will keep you. You're safe in his arms. Jesus' children aren't for sale. That verse that Jim Caviezel's character, Tim Ballard, in the movie quotes was a verse quoted out of a conversation Jesus had with his disciples. Jesus' disciples at that point had asked him, hey, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus calls a little child to come and stand among them. And, and here's what Jesus said. I tell you the truth, unless you change, in other words, he's telling them, you're not there yet unless you change and become like little children. 
Now, he's not saying become childish. He's not saying don't grow up and be mature. No, he's not saying that. He's saying unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Now he explains what he means. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Whoever humbles themselves before God, who says, I am I'm enslaved to sin and darkness and I need your help. I need a savior. I need a redeemer, a forgiver. I need Jesus. You humble yourself. Whoever humbles himself before God the Father and says, God, I'll follow you. Whoever humbles himself and says, God, I'll trust you. Whoever humbles himself and says, God, I'll serve you. I'll sing to you because of the freedom you give. They will be the ones who are on the path to being the greatest in my kingdom. And that's where he then says, Whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, better to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. But there's something, even though he was using a child as an illustration, there's something we, I think we often miss. That the intention of what Jesus was saying, it wasn't necessarily just children. It was God's children. Well, who are God's children? Oh, they're those who believe. They're those who have faith. They're those who receive Jesus. He was talking about his disciples. He was talking about his followers. He was saying that whenever the world tries to re-enslave his followers, whenever the world tries to cause his followers to stumble, whenever the world tries to draw his followers into sin, well, I wouldn't want to be the one standing against the Father. Wouldn't be the one standing against the Savior. Wouldn't be the, want to be the one standing against the one who has come to seek and save and die and forgive and shows the power of resurrection. Wouldn't want to stand against him. Better to have a millstone hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. You see, what he's saying is this. That he will protect you. That you are his child and you are not for sale. That your soul is not for sale. He wants to hold on to you and keep you and continue to draw you in and continue to lead you. Then Jesus said in Matthew 18, 5, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name, well, he welcomes me. And the story of Tim Ballard the story of Sound of Freedom is the story of a guy. A guy who rescued kids. A guy who did a great thing. Much of it, some of it, I'm not sure. All the details of how many of the details of it are true. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, dramatization happening and a lot of exaggerating to make a good movie happening. But there's a lot of truth there. It's a true story about a guy who saved kids. Can I tell you another story? True story about a guy who saved a kid and then it turned into saving more kids. His name was Joe Garman. And Joe Garman graduated from Ozark Christian College, the college I went to in 1966. He went 1966. I went later. <laughs> and uh, Joe, after he graduated in 1973, he started to work uh, and started a work called uh, uh, called the American Rehabilitation Ministries, or ARM for short, is a ministry that reaches out and sends materials and Bible correspondence courses to prisoners and all over the world. It's grown, and uh, they, they it's said that they will send over 30,000 inmates course Bible correspondent courses a year. And, and it's said that they've distributed hundreds of thousands of Bibles to prisons. Well, one day Joe Garman was in Cambodia and he was at some sort of men's uh, meeting. At that men's meeting, he was teaching and there was a loud ruckus in the back of the room. 
It was a little girl, and she was making all kinds of noise out back there. And Joe decided to go see what was going on. Well, when he went back there and spoke with the little girl and spoke with the fellow who was there with her, he found out that that little girl had just been bought by the man he was talking to into child slavery. Joe, thinking quick on his feet, decided to do something about it to help this little girl. And what he did is he asked the man how much he paid for her. And then he asked the man how much he would take for her. And the man decided to double his money. And so Joe paid to buy that girl so that he could set her free. He connected with the authorities in Cambodia and connected with people that could take her in and give her a home. And he purchased that little girl, saved her from sex slavery, and found her a home. Well, then Joe went home, and rather than feeling like he'd had a victory, he felt like there was more to do. Joe had a daughter named Stephanie, and he talked with his daughter Stephanie. He told her that she would be a good person to start a work to help children in Cambodia. She resisted at first, but after visiting Cambodia and seeing what was going on, she had a heart for the work, and she decided that together with her dad, they would start Rafa House Ministries. They started a ministry, it started out at one place in Cambodia where they were rescuing children from slavery, and they had an aftercare clinic where they would help children who were rescued after having been underage slaves. That work grew. It spread all throughout different cities and areas of Cambodia, and it went into Thailand, and it went into Haiti, and now they have work in the United States too, and their ministry is called Rafa International. And it all started with a man who welcomed a child in the name of Jesus. It all started with a man who found his own path to the freedom that God gives and wanted to share that freedom with others who God loves and cares for. And you know the story of Joe seeing that little girl buying her and setting her free is similar to the story of all of us who've been bought and set free by Jesus. Jesus saw us in need and he bought us. But I want to finish this teaching today with sort of a practical way to follow up with the way your heart might feel if you watch or if you've already seen The Sound of Freedom. One of the things that my wife said and one of the things that I thought after seeing the movie was that you just wanted to walk away with a little more of what can I do. And how can I make a difference? More than just sharing the movie with others or encouraging others to see the movie. What can I do? And I want to share with you that, you know, Rafa House and that ministry has been doing something for the last 20 years. They've been rescuing kids and they've been helping kids come to know the love and care of Jesus Christ. And, and they've, been, they've been helping kids get education and, and rebuild their lives and find hope and find help and find people that will come alongside and walk alongside of them. And if you want to do something, I want to encourage you. There's a link that we're going to have that goes along with this teaching today to rafa.org. That's www.rapha.org. And you can go to their website. And even if you just go to their website and read about what they're doing, watch some of the videos that they have of some of the, the things that they've been doing and how they're growing and how they're helping Maybe that will pull your heart to pray for that ministry or even to financially support that ministry or maybe to get involved somehow in that ministry. You could be a part of the answer 
to that very dark part of our world. It's a practical way. And if you wanted to give, you could give even through Vernonia Church. It's a ministry that our church has been supporting since I've been here. We we have special fundraisers and special times where we raise money for that ministry. And you know, today, if you'd like to give to that ministry through Vernonia Church, you can do that. You can go to our website, www.vernonia.church. Uh, you can go there and on the give tab, you can give and there's a spot to give to our missions or to give to missions and anything you give to missions through that today will be given to Rafa International. I want to encourage you, that's a practical way you can be a light in that dark part of the world. I also want to encourage you I want to encourage you to remember that by doing that, you will help a child sing. Why? Because free people sing. How about you? Does what Jesus has done for you make you want to sing? It should. It should make you want to sing because... Jesus has come to abolish our spiritual slavery and he's come and purchased our freedom from slavery. And we sing because Jesus has shown us a path to freedom from our slavery. And we sing because Jesus' kids aren't for sale. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, I just have this feeling like there's going to be people who are joining us here this morning who have first time decisions to make and so God I just pray that they would pray with me and ask your grace and ask your forgiveness God we have been part of the darkness of this world we have sin in our lives we have things we're ashamed of and we have things that that we need you to forgive. And we invite Jesus into our life to forgive us, to give us his grace. And God, I know there are people that need to make, make decisions to repent, whether it's to repent for the first time or, or even Christians who have sins they need to repent of and ask your forgiveness. And we come before you, God, and we just confess that we have sinned. And we fall short. We need you to forgive us. Would you forgive us? And God, we need to confess. And, and there are some here who need to make a, a first confession of their faith. And I pray that you would, you would put it on their hearts to tell somebody that they believe in Jesus. And God, I know that there are some that need to be baptized by immersion into Jesus today that are here. And I pray that you will help bring follow through and, and just put it on their hearts to say, I'm going to make that, make that real decision to declare that I'm giving up an old life of slavery and sin and death and taking a hold of a new life of salvation and forgiveness and grace. And God, we want to pray for Rafa House and Rafa International that you would bless that ministry as they help rescue kids. I pray that you would lead them to more kids and the right kids. I pray you would help them to have the funding they need to do the ministry they're doing. I pray that you'll help them protect and, and help them encourage and help them restore broken kids and i pray for that ministry and i pray that you would use us to help be a part of the solution big problem in this world it's in jesus name we all pray everybody said together amen well i want to thank you for joining me today for this god on film series I think it'll be a fun series. We're going to get into some other movies that are 
a little less serious, but uh, but we're still going to have some uh, fun and, and talk about some things that God might want us to know as we go through them. So be sure to join us next week. I want to finish up today by declaring it's been a great day. And so on the count of three, we're going to declare it's been a great day together. It's a great day, right? A great day. I'm going to sing it out loud. It's been a great day. Ready? One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.